Sucker Radio back here on MMASucker.com for another episode of awesomeness. Um, we've been on a major hiatus. I don't think we've had an episode since May, the end of May. So I brought it back. We've got Swayze Valentine on the show today. Um, she is a cut woman to the stars of mixed martial arts. She has taped, iced, you know, put the metal on people's faces to make sure that the swelling goes down. For some of the hugest stars in mixed martial arts today, um, just a few weeks back, she she taped the hands of Ronda Rousey. It's pretty huge to have a woman in this male-driven sport. So we got Swayze Valentine on the show to chat about what it's like to be a female cut woman or cut man, whatever you want to call it. She is on the show to talk about that. Also on the show, we got Brett Cooper who is in the Season 10 Middleweight Tournament Final on July 25th at Bellator 122. He's taking on Brandon Halsey, who's undefeated in his mixed martial arts career. However, Brett has, you know, like three times the amount of fighting experience that this guy has, and he's definitely known for his knockout power. So we'll chat with him about his fight against the undefeated Halsey. And also on the show, we've got MMASucker.com's Justin Pirro, um, with a little segment where he gives his opinions on on things going on in the world of MMA, whether he agrees with them or disagrees with them. It's just his thoughts on stuff that's gone on this week in the sport of mixed martial arts. So it's unnamed at this point. If you uh, are listening to the episode and you can think of a name for his little guest spot on the show, then then hit us up. But that's a new segment to the show that's going to be on each and every week. We're going to have Justin on giving his opinions, whether right or wrong, good or bad, whatever you want to call it, he will be giving his take on what's gone on this week in the sport of mixed martial arts. Um, last night, obviously, we had UFC Fight Night 45 go down. It was a huge night. There were finishes galore. There was a ton of uh, good stuff that went on. It was Many people complained about, you know, this card not being as stacked as it could be. These fight night cards are are becoming oversaturated, but you can't complain when a night has nine finishes on it. And it was capped off by a beautiful head kick knockout by Donald Cerrone against Jim Miller in the second round. Things got a little sticky when when Cerrone landed a, a kick to Miller's gut, halted him, And Dan Mergliata, referee, stopped it because he thought that it was a low blow, which could have ultimately screwed over Cerrone in the process. So just a few minutes after that, he was able to knock out Jim Miller with a beautiful head kick. In the co-main event, we saw Edson Edson Barboza continue on his highlight reel ways with a TKO against Evan Dunham. 
This started off with a liver kick to the body, and he finished it up with strikes. So congratulations to Edson Barboza. The one guy that I want to talk about who, who put on an amazing performance was right down the level from that one was Rick Story against Leandro Mafra. This guy, Rick Story's changed up his fight camp. He's now training with the MMA lab with Benson Henderson, with coach John Crouch. Um, he looked absolutely amazing. He calmed down his style. He's not as scrappy as he was. And right when he got the fight on the ground in the second round, he locked up that arm triangle choke or head and arm choke, whatever you want to call it, two minutes and 12 seconds into the second round and finished the, st the Rick Story finished that fight off. So congratulations to him. On, a, on, a, on an amazing fight. Uh, the fight of the night went to John Lineker, who defeated Alptekin Osklik, um in, in an amazing fight. He, f he finished him in the third round with just nine seconds left by TKO punches. Uh, these two were going back and forth. Oskalik um, taking some serious punishment from Lineker and coming back right at him. Pushing forward, uh, this was a fun fight and, and definitely earned fight of the night honors. Uh, that's about it when it comes to this. We're going to change up the format a little, as I said. We've got the new segment, but we're going to change up the format as there won't be any music anymore leading into my guests. There's not going to be any breaks in the show. It's going to be simply me talking, me getting right into the guests, because we don't need that little jibber-jabber in between. Um, it, it, why mix things up? Let's just get right into her. Here we are with my first guest, Swayze Valentine. She has wrapped the hands of the best and thrown ice on the faces of some bloody messes. Cut woman Swayze Valentine now joins Sucker Radio. Swayze, it's an honor to chat with you today. Oh no, gosh, the honor is all mine. Thanks so much for having me. Now, in August of last year, I, I put out an article on you on MMASucker.com and the response was tremendous. You have easily some of the most loyal fans in the world. I see your Facebook and Twitter timelines, and and you must be floored with the fan outcry that you receive. Oh my gosh. I You know, I never expected I'd have a following like I do. I mean, that would only in your wildest dreams would you anticipate having, you know, that much support. You know, because me coming into this, this industry, you know, like, you know, male-dominated, you know, I figured that um that there'd be some some backlash per se you know and and just the support is just so overwhelming and I'm just so thankful well even at that I mean yeah you're the one that steps in the cage to ice people you wrap hands but you're not the really I mean the stars of the show are the fighters so you getting the respect that you get is is quite amazing oh yeah I agree I mean shoot like I said I never imagined that, you know, I would get this much support because just like you said, the, the fighters are the stars and, you know, I, I look at it as a good thing that if me getting, you know, this type of a following, you know, only helps um, us Cutmen as a whole, you know, for more people to really understand how important our job is. So I'm so thankful. Now, I read and saw one of your posts the other day that absolutely cracked me up about going in for a hug but getting a handshake. Just explain that <laughs> situation and, and what happened. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's just not the first time nor the last time it has happened. Um, but I'm a hugger. That's what I am. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely 
We'll give you a handshake, absolutely, if it's offered first. But if, it's, if the handshake is not offered first, I go in for a hug. And, and I was meeting this, this gentleman, and um, I, I was getting introduced by a friend of mine. So I went in for a hug, and he kind of just stopped me midway and put his hand out, and I felt so bad. You know, I didn't want to offend him or make him uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I totally got denied a hug. But, but it was all good, and, you know, I shook his hand, and it was cool. But it was a little awkward. <laughs> I wonder if he saw your Facebook post after the fact. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't even know. But, you know, hopefully he doesn't think it was talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> now, over the past few months, you've been working a ton of UFC cards and, and definitely stepped up your game. I mean, you've been with some of the hugest organizations, but we've seen you a lot um, in front of the UFC crowd. What kind of feedback have you gotten from the biggest organization on the planet? I've gotten amazing feedback. You know, they keep asking me to come back, and and I'm obviously I'm so thrilled. And uh, you know, the UFC has been incredible to me. You know, all of Zufa, the the corporate, um, you know, Mr. Ratner and and Mr. Mersh and Burt Watson. I mean, everybody has been so supportive of me, and I just I I couldn't be happier. And you know, them I'm coming back for um, the fight on it's a UFC fight night. Um, headlighting Waller, and um, and I'm going to be there, and it's in California on July 26th, and I'm super excited, but they have just been, they've gone, the UFC in general has just gone out of their way for me, and to make me, you know, feel, you know, important, and it's it's just been incredible. That's got to be really cool when they have, I mean, arguably the biggest cut man on the planet in Stitch. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just insane. I'm, I'm so happy. Now, one of the people you you wrapped recently was Ronda Rousey. That had to be an absolutely one-of-a-kind experience. When when you wrap a champion prior to their fight, what exactly is that like? Like, do they they talk to you at all? Are they in a zone so much that they don't even realize you're there? I'm sure every, every fighter is different, but just talk us through what Rousey was like leading up to her fight in your eyes. Sure. Well, actually, I didn't end up wrapping her hands for a fight. Her, um, she has her trainer do it, and he's he's awesome. So he wrapped her hands, and I was doing the final tape. You know, I was putting the red and blue on. Okay. And um, so still, I mean, what an honor to, you know, be with her. You know, she's, she's the champion undefeated. And to even put the final tape on, you know, that's it. That's the last step before you go to the cage, you know. So it was just, it was such an honor. And, and walking into her room is so calming. I mean, it's so quiet. And it's just relaxed. And, and, and she's just in her zone. And it was just really cool to experience her in, in her zone right before battle. I mean, it was, it, was, it was awesome. Is that really, is she the biggest star who you've uh, been in the, in the locker room of? Um, you know, that night I was in the locker room of a lot of the other stars. You know, I, I put final tape on, you know, Lyota Machida, um, Chris Weidman, you know, Uriah Faber, Uriah Hall. I, I've, I've done, you know, the majority of, of them. So, uh, to me, they're all, you know, huge stars to me. So, How long in, in advance do you learn that you'll be the one doing the final tape job? And, and does it make you nervous at all that, that you're the one doing that for the champions? Pretty much the company and I, we, we share the responsibility of doing, um, as far as final tape goes, pretty much who's ever available, you know, we just, we all have, you know, our red and blue on us. And if we're in the area and it's time for a fighter to be, you know, get their final tape on, then, then we're there. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be, you know, back there and 
being able to put the final tape on as many of the fighters as I did. So I was super excited about that. But, um, yeah, usually just final tape is, is just kind of who's ever, you know, in the area around that time. Because we do, you know, switch spots cage side and in the back and stuff like that. So that switches up. You don't – the person who's in the back doesn't walk out with the fighters and, and also is the cut woman in the cage or cut man in the cage? No, yeah, we we totally – we just – we split it. You know, when we get there, we have our hand-wrapping list of what fighters need our services, um, and, and we're assigned certain fighters, you know, when we arrive – and then we take care of those fighters, and then uh, we determine who's going to go cage side two throughout the night, and, and we just all just work off of each other and and uh, just go down our list. So, do you have a you know more of a connection with the people that you you tape, and of course, are the cut women for? I mean, obviously, there's you you don't want them to be swelling, and you don't want them to have cuts and all that other kind of stuff. But do you are you are you rooting for them a little more than the other guy? You know, believe it or not, I'm I'm not rooting for one over the other, whether I wrap their hand or or what's the cutman for for the their corner. Um, really, you develop these relationships with the fighters. You know, the moment you introduce yourself to the room, something I really like to do because I like to be as equal as possible and make everybody feel comfortable. So when I first get into a room, I go around the room and I shake everybody's hand, you know, and introduce myself, and you know, then I sit down with my fighter and I wrap his hands, and of course, that's a really you know, intimate moment you're having with your fighter. So of course you, you develop relationships that way, professional, of course. Um, but, but it's the same way, even if you pass, pass one of the fighters in the hallway, you know, you're always going to congratulate or, or wish everybody you, you run into luck for the night. For sure. Now you, you told me before that the worst cut you ever worked was at a WFC event in Vegas. That was a while back. Now, has there been anything recent that, that you can tell our listenership about that, has been either just as bad as that or, or even worse? Um, when I worked Bellator, there was a pretty good good cut, um, which was pretty comparable to the one at um, WEC but, um, or WXFC. And, um, but, you know, really, it, it's been kind of kind of slow on on the cut side which is which is totally fine because you know obviously you don't want the fighter to get cut but now there hasn't really been anything to um overshadow the ones that i've experienced so far which you know i'm, I'm thankful <laughs> <laughs> now being a woman you've said in the past boys will be boys um does is that still the case you 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 get hit on by these guys in the back or, or in the cage at times yeah, you know, exactly. That still stays true to this day. You know, boys will be boys. Um, uh, I'd have to say the majority of um, the fighters that I come across are more on the shy side. But um, I've definitely had a few boisterous ones that have definitely expressed, you know, um, their likings. So I've definitely come across one extreme to the other so far. <laughs> now, as a fan of fights and, and not as a cut woman, what are some fights coming up? in the not-so-distant future that you're really, really looking forward to? Gosh, you know, I'm so lame because I look forward to all of them. I mean, the most recent one, obviously, is the one that I'm going to be working, so I'm totally just, you know, zoned in on, on that fight card because I'm going to, I get to be a part of it. So I'd have to say that's probably the one I'm really looking forward to, but anything, you know, the UFC puts on is just incredible. Yeah, really. How can you not be stoked about Robbie Lawler versus Matt Brown? I know, right? It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Now, you were, I, I think I saw a picture. You were at the UFC Fan Expo a few weeks back. What was that experience like? 
I was. You know, if, I've been so lucky to go to the the Fan Expo the past three years, and um, this time, you know, every year it just gets better and better. You know, there's there's just more fighters and, you know, just more people to meet, and, you know, this time was super special because I do have, you know, some amazing supporters or, or fans out there that, that come to the Expo, so I got to meet a bunch of them and to really get to meet these people one-on-one and, you know, get to talk to them and, it, it was it was really special. So this year was extra special for me, just being able to go and, and just meet, you know, my fans and, and my supporters. It was great. Um, finally, I, last question, of course. Um, before we let you go here, if you could give any advice to someone who would like to get into the cut men or cut woman business, what would you say? Um, I definitely, anybody who wants to do it, um, start wrapping hands. That is, and I say that every time, and, and that's just so important. It's so crucial to be able to wrap hands well, you know, because that's that's what, you know, the fighter is is fighting with. You know, those are their money makers. So to really hone in and, um, you know, become as much of an expert as you can on, on hand wrapping is, is definitely the first step. And, and to do that, there's so many MMA, boxing, Muay Thai gyms around that would love to have that kind of help. And, of course, the fighters are sparring even for the practice section. I mean, who wouldn't want to have somebody wrap their hands so they know they won't even get injured during sparring? You know, so go to any of these gyms and just sit down with the fighters and just wrap anybody and everybody you can get your hands on. Swayze, it's, it's been a blast. Uh, I really definitely appreciate you joining me today. Uh, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. I know, you, obviously, I'm sure everyone that's on and listening to this right now knows where they can reach you in the social media universe. For, but for those that don't, just let them know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, feel free to hit me up anytime, you know, on um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me under um, Swayze Valentine. And then um, my, my website is also a great place to get a hold of me, and that's uh, thequeenofcuts.com. Thanks a bunch, Swayze. All the best, and have fun in uh, San Jose. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. As she said, you know, she she's taped some of the best. She's been with the best. She is top-notch. I mean, this girl has a following on Facebook, on Twitter, all over the place. She is followed um, for her not only her skills but her beautiful good looks. She's... Uh, Swayze Valentine, cut woman to the stars, queen of the cuts, as she likes to be called. Um, so thank you to Swayze for joining me today on, on Sucker Radio. And coming up right now, we got Brett Cooper, who was taking on Brandon Halsey in the co-main event at Bellator 122 on July 25th. He's set to take on the undefeated Brandon Halsey in the Bellator Season 10 Middleweight Tournament Finals. Please welcome Brett Fudoshin Cooper to Sucker Radio. Brett, thanks for joining me today, man. No problem. My pleasure. How you guys doing? Not too bad. It's really, really hot up here in Vancouver. I'm sure it's the same since down in California on the West Coast. That leads me right into my first question. Your fight is right in the dead of summer. So how tough has it been to turn down, you know, some of the great summer barbecues and stuff uh, in order to keep up with the <laughs> training? Um, well, I mean, it's always, it's always good to, uh, you know, enjoy the summertime and and, and uh, you know, parties and things like that. I'm, my birthday was actually July 2nd, uh, so I, I had didn't really, didn't really, um, you know, get to party too much for that. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not too worried. I'm you know I'm a year-round fun kind of guy. So 
Um, I mean, the only things you could do in the summer they wouldn't do every other time is, you know, go to the beach and things like that. But uh, we can do that pretty year-round here in California, so lucky to live here. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much eat pretty freely, but the last two weeks have been pretty strict, so. Uh, looking forward to uh, taking out my frustrations on Halsey. <laughs> so, so did you did you indulge in cake on your birthday? Uh, no, I did not. No, I, I have every once in a while during camp, I'll usually have a you know at night I'll have a piece of dark chocolate and uh, maybe a little glass of wine, glass of red wine or something like that, and that's my sweets for the day. This this summer we've had some pretty intense heat. I know Vegas has gotten really hot. California's been yeah. really hot. Being from California, it, how how is it training in in such heat uh, this summer? Um, well, a good amount of my workouts are outside, so I mean, you just gotta make sure you're well well, well hydrated. Uh, some of the stuff that you do uh, may stick to the asphalt more, like when you're doing you know conditioning things like that. Um, overall though, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm pretty used to it. I've lived here my entire life. So, you know, I've somewhat adapted to that, but yeah, at at times it can be, you know, hot, but luckily a lot of the training takes place inside too. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily affect us too much. Now you were, you were originally expected to face Halsey at Bellator 119 in May. Um, however, we're forced to withdraw due to a back injury. Just walk us through what exactly happened there and, and where you are at with it today. Um, I just It was just kind of uh, overuse, kind of uh, doing too much of certain stuff I was doing um, in the weight room, stuff like that. And uh, it's not necessarily what I was doing. I was just doing it too much. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's certain like terms they use in, in weightlifting is one's volume, one's intensity. And uh, usually intensity means, like, amount of amount of weight. Uh, the higher the weight, the higher intensity. The volume is how many reps, things like that. I was having too much of both, so that's, that's what I was doing wrong. And, uh, you know, I think one thing, I mean, it just kind of flared up a, in my opinion, a, a disc in my back. And every athlete that competes, you know, every career athlete, uh, from what I understand and what I've heard from um, – you know, sports sports doctors, things like that. Ninety percent of the guys all have bulging discs, so it's just you know you'll do something every once in a while, and it'll flare up, and you'll have a couple weeks where you can't do anything. So that's pretty much what happened to me. It just I just took some rest and uh, rehabbed it, made sure you know made sure I was flexible, uh, got the inflammation down, and uh, I mean it, it's one of those things that you you you, you just get used to. And uh, so I just have to make sure that I, I do stuff more smart, and not just try to go out there like a you know like a barbarian and do things. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, no, it's just a, pretty much a flare up, but you know, I got it under control and looking forward to uh, you know winning on the 25th instead of instead of in May. So did did that change up the way you you decided to train for this upcoming fight? Um. In certain ways, yes. Um, like I said, intensity, volume. I just I didn't necessarily take away what I was doing. Um, I just kind of adjusted those two things. So I mean, when, when you do certain exercises, uh, along with training, it can be very, it can be detrimental on on your body. You know, uh, rest is as important as hard work is, and so you know, as, and also as a, as an aging athlete. 
you, I mean, I'm not old at all. I'm 27, but I mean, I've been doing the sport for nine years. So it's, you, you have to have quality workouts, not so much quantity. And, uh, and, and a, it's hard, hard to explain. Like a, a good hard workout is like, uh, I've always tried to figure out how to explain it to people. It can, it, it can be really good, but it also can be really bad because whenever you have a really good workout, usually you tear your body down and there's a lot of progress to be made. But if you don't rest properly, then it's more negative. It's not, it's not progress anymore. It's you degress. So anything that I do the best I can to make sure I progress and not degress when I'm training. So that's, that's one thing I changed. Um, and I think I, I will always be changing. Um, cause I, I think Bruce Lee said, it's not what you add every day. It's what you can take away. So it comes down to, you know, simplifying everything. But the, I think they said, uh, there's a quote, I forget who said it again. Is, uh, I think simplicity is the ultimate complication or it might be the other way around. Now, before we get we talk about your fight, let's talk about Scott Coker taking over Bellator. We've seen and heard a number of either ex-fighters or current fighters on Twitter extremely excited about the new boss taking over, and some have even spouted you know, some ill will towards former president Bjorn Rebney. Have you had any interaction yeah. with Coker yet, and, and what are your thoughts on him taking over and, and leading Bellator in a new direction? Uh, the only interaction I've had with Coker is the fact that he followed me on Twitter, um, <laughs> which which I thought was pretty cool. But uh, I haven't haven't spoken with the guy. Uh, I've probably heard everything that you've heard about him, um, and that's you know that's that's pretty much my the extent of my my relationship with him so far. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I know I think it's 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 nothing but good for Bellator, and honestly, uh, I, I had a decent relationship with Bjorn. Uh, he was always you know kind to me. Um, but I think, uh, I think his, his vision for Bellator just kind of ran its course. Um, you know, the, the whole tournament style, it was good while it lasted, but it, there, there needs to be a change. Um, all the talent was getting hurt. Fighters were consistently pulling out. Um, you know, the sport is, is very, very hard in your body, especially if, if, you know, if, if it's not with a tournament style, this makes it even worse. And so I think that's one reason that, you know, Viacom made the change and, uh, and, you know, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of my take on that. Just from, just from competing in the tournament style setting, um, I can tell you, you know, from, from 100% personal experience, it's, it, it's tough, man. And a lot of times, I mean, you, 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 the way I explain it is you have eight guys at the beginning of the tournament. Then at the end of that tournament, only one guy gets any kind of credit. So you pretty much just wasted seven guys uh, that you could have built up, you know. Usually in, in a normal fight with eight people, with normal a card with eight people, four people won, you know, and four people lost. But this one is pretty much one person wins, seven people lose. And that's just, it doesn't make sense. You're trying to build stars. You're trying to build ratings. And it doesn't make business sense in the long run. Um, so that's that, that, that's kind of my take on it. Now, does that does that worry you at all if and when you win on the 25th, the fact that they're ruling out this tournament format, or is that stated in your contract that when you win the tournament, you are going to face the champ? Um, 
I'm not. I'm not really worried uh, because I I have to beat him before any of this occurs. Um, but from my understanding, and I mean just from reading stuff, um, I, they might rewrite the contracts, considering that tournaments will probably cease to exist after the next two cards. I think the next two cards, the one I'm fighting on, and the one in September, are the last two of the old Deltor. and then after that is is a new slate. So. I mean, if I had to guess, I would guess that they're going to rewrite the contracts and and this and that. And, and obviously, I you know, obviously, I want to get the belt, and I want to get uh, you know, obviously, you know, put a put a beating on Shalenko. <laughs> but I have things to do before that occurs, and uh, you know, so. But uh, obviously, but also, to touch on the 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 old tournament style, is one thing is the only way you could make money in in Bellator was you have. You know, you either win the tournament and you get a title shot, and you, and then you, um, and then you become champ, and then you can make decent money, but still not great, not the greatest money, or, you know, you you kind of just you you say you have a tough second round fight or a tough uh, semifinal fight, then you have to go back to the beginning and you just start square one, and so your contract is not really necessarily progressing, and so it, it just was kind of a it means to an end. I don't know. It it just it needed to go away, and and it did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, it, I guess it's my tournament fight, and I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think uh, Viacom and, and the and the guys on Spike, Kevin K. I don't think they would shy away from uh, a rematch with with me and Shalenko, considering um, you know none of our fights have been boring at all. But uh, I mean, that's why I, I, I mean I, I have to beat this guy, this bull in front of me, Brandon Halsey, before that. So now let's talk about him. He's undefeated at six and zero. However, he only got his professional career started back in 2012. You said you've been on the scene for nine years now. Do you feel he's mm-hmm. fought anyone with the experience you have, other than uh, Joey Carter? Fought... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Shoney Carter. He beat Shoney Carter. I mean, I assume he just took him down and yeah. and, and held him there. Um, but uh, he fought Hector Ramirez too. Hector Ramirez is he's fought on the big stage, but Hector Ramirez doesn't. I think he was just more collecting a paycheck than actually, uh, you know, showing up to actually compete and, and, and really care. Uh, so I mean, as far as experience, no, I, I have you know five times the amount of experience he does. I fought you know guys. You know, tough. I, I mean, I've pretty much fought tough guys my whole career. So, um, I mean, experience is obviously for me. But uh, a lot of times, it can go both ways. It can be, it can be good and it can be bad. So I, I don't really look at it technically as an advantage. It definitely will be an advantage, but sometimes it can be an advantage to be somewhat new because you you don't really you're not aware of a lot of things that can happen to you. So it kind of opens other doors to do crazy stuff. But uh, he just seems like a really strong guy, um, and what I, my, my my plan is to uh, I know the first round is going to be really tough, and I think after that he's going to progressively wear down, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know do my best to get the knockout. That's what I was going to ask. You are known for your powerful punches. Obviously, Halsey hasn't been finished yet, um, but you being spiritual and whatnot, do you envision yourself being the man to knock this kid out? Um, 
I mean, I don't know if that really has anything to do with spirituality, but yeah, I mean... Well, any, I mean, envi- envi- envisioning it. I mean... Yeah, you know. yeah, no, I, I definitely do. I definitely do. I mean, I think about it pretty much 24-7. Um, you know, especially when you have a fight coming up, that's pretty much all I think about. I think about him and, you know, certain situations, and my wife will see me shadow boxing in the, in the living room and just kind of walking around. I'm always making sure, you know, uh, what I'm doing and, and things like that, so... Yeah, I'm. De- I definitely, definitely am envisioning uh, a finish, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how that comes to be. You know, I'll definitely do my best to make it happen. Now, I looked up the word "fudoshin" on Wikipedia, and the definition was "immovable mind" or "immovable heart." Which of those describes yeah. you the best? Oh, I think they're almost one and the same. Um, it's just kind of like that's. That's just words of the English language, if you think about it. Uh, I mean, heart is, is not necessarily, people don't actually mean your heart pumping. They mean more of like, uh, you know, a will or things like that. I think will may be a better description. Uh, so a movable will pretty much means I won't give up. So, I mean, if that makes sense to you. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, if somebody is, well, whenever I fight somebody, regardless of what happens, they're going to have a rough night either way. No, but uh, obviously I'm I'm going there with everything I am to 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 win the fight. Finally, following a victory against Halsey at Bellator 119, how does Brett Cooper spend the rest of his summer? Ooh, that's a good question. Now, I'm probably going to go to Montana. Uh, my wife has some some uh, some family up there, and uh, you know enjoy the enjoy nature and just kind of. You know, being a little town with, you know, like less than 5,000 people and just live, live, live the simple life for a little bit and, and then, uh, you know, and then kind of figure out where, maybe where contracts are going and things like that. Um, but yeah, I have to make sure I, I, I leave, I leave, leave summer on a good note. And, uh, so I think, uh, positive things for me after that. Um, but yeah, no, I just kind of hang out with family. And, uh, you know, nothing better than that, so that's pretty much it. He is Brett Cooper. You can catch his tournament final fight on July 25th live on Spike TV. Brett, all the best, and and good luck on July 25th. Thanks, Jeremy. It's a pleasure, bud. Brett Cooper not looking too far ahead, but, you know, he's digging the new new format, as he said, with Scott Coker coming in. Um, Ditching the tournament format, which was fairly washed out at this point, by Bjorn Rebney. Um, he looks forward to moving on, moving forward, and, and finishing this fight against Halsey by knockout, of course. So thanks to Brett Cooper for joining me. We've got this new segment, as I said, by Justin Perot, um, giving his opinion, his take, his mindset, whatever you want to call it. He's going to go off about a few different things here on something we have no name for. So give us a name for it. Here it is. Hey everyone, it's Justin Pirro here for Sucker Radio at MMASucker.com and I'm just going to talk to you about some of the things that have been bugging me this week in the world of MMA. First off, this is a long time complaint I've had. People need to start tailoring their expectations of fight cards based on where they are. Look, you're not going to get superstars on Fight Pass. Fight Pass is like the Major League Soccer of mixed martial arts of the UFC you're going to see some quality fights you might even see some famous fighters on the tail end of their careers 
but you're not going to see all the stars loaded up on there. It's simply a place for these fighters to develop and hopefully move on to something bigger. That something bigger would start off with a Fox Sports 1 card, the equivalent of, you know, Bundesliga or uh, some other mid-level European... uh, Okay, I guess that one's not mid-level, but you understand what I'm trying to say. A mid-level European soccer league. You know, players move up. They're on their way up. They're starting to make a name. If they're really good, they end up in the Premier League of the UFC. That being the Fox cards, UFC on Fox. You know, that's where the guys who are really developing and starting to make the name for themselves go. Those are the guys who the UFC is really grooming to be stars. They end up on those main cards. And what does that leave the pay-per-views? The UFC pay-per-views are the equivalent of the Champions League. Obviously, the champions fight on pay-per-view. Those are the biggest names, the biggest stars that you're going to see. You're supposed You have to tailor your expectations based on the scale. You can't expect a local card from Malaysia to have John Jones on it. It's going to be tailored to the local audience, and it's going to have stars that they're, or at the very least fighters, that they're going to want to see. Once you start scaling your expectations based on where the event is being shown, you'll be a lot happier. Also, I caught a little bit of Donald Cerrone versus Jim Miller last night. I'm sorry. It is a huge deal that Donald Cerrone is getting sponsored by Budweiser. Yes, I know he pimps it all the time on his Twitter twat, but he is still not a fighter that headlines pay-per-views. The fact that Budweiser, that global conglomerate that makes the crappy beers, is sponsoring him is huge. That is just about up there with GSP getting Gatorade. So, good for Donald Cerrone. He deserves it. He works his tail off, and he puts on exciting fights. You can't really argue with that. So, you know, good for him for scoring that Budweiser sponsorship. And now, lastly, I saw a lot of people jumping on Jessamine Duke for her loss. Look. She is a prospect. She got thrown into the deep end a little too early. The UFC brought her in because she had a decent record in Invicta, but I can't help but think she should have stayed with Invicta a little bit longer. She she has the potential to go far. She has the potential, but she's still trying to figure out how to implement a style. She's still trying to figure out her style. And the UFC is not a good place to do that. Not anymore. So I think it might be in her best interest to actually be cut and drop down to Invicta and work her way back up to the UFC. I'm sure she can do it. Hell, it worked for Robbie Lawler. Look where he is now. He spent a few years outside of the UFC. He got his crap together. And look at him now. All right. That's all I got to say this week. See you next week on Sucker Radio. Thanks to Justin Perot for that. He gave his take on a few different things. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's only going to get better as the weeks go on, of course. This was his first time doing this little segment, so continue to enjoy it as it comes out. We said last night we had UFC Fight Night 45. That was Wednesday night. We got two fights this weekend, or this week. We've got UFC Fight Night 46 from Dublin, Ireland at the O2 Arena. 
um, headlined by Conor McGregor versus Diego Brandao. Um, in the co-main event, we got Zach Cummings versus Gunnar Nelson. We've also got Ian McCall versus Brad Pickett. And Naoki Kotani versus Norman Park round out the four-fight main card on UFC Fight Pass. Um, can't talk more about this um, card. I'm not going to get into her. Um, I'm very excited about it. Excited to see Conor McGregor make his return to the octagon. Um, we have a new feature coming out on MMASucker.com. It's going to be the UFC Fight Night 46 Counter Move Preview, um, featuring betting lines from Counter Move, which is a which is an online fantasy betting site for mixed martial arts. So we're partnering up with them for this Counter Move Preview. Check it out. Read over what I got. Make your picks. Get over to Counter Move and enter the MMA Sucker Free Roll if there is one for this weekend. And there definitely will be one for UFC on Fox 12 next weekend. So keep it locked to Sucker Radio next weekend. I'd like to thank my guests, Swayze Valentine, as well as Brett Cooper and Justin Pro for his little segment. Um, I'd like to thank all of you for listening. You can check out Sucker Radio on iTunes, on Stitcher, on MMASucker.com, as well as TuneIn and everywhere else you can hear podcasts. I'm sure you can find Sucker Radio. That's it. I'm out. I have never heard a crowd like this before. We got ourselves a fight, Joe. Wow! There's that killer instinct and accuracy. This kid's the real deal. Connor McGregor. Oh, he got tagged. He got hurt bad. Big right hand. Wow, he's going to tap him. Diego Brandau. I've never seen either one of these guys be in a boring fight. What a fight! 